All right, guys, today is our very first episode of September guest call-ups. The Yankees get to call up extra players in their September to fill up the roster, help them out a little bit. So we have decided to fill up our September schedule with extra episodes, with guest interviews, talk about how this season has gone. We got a lot of fun people joining the show to talk. Uh, Hope you enjoy it. The first one is DJ Everly. He covers the AAA team, which is actually a great conversation, Jake. We talked about just the incredible turnover that has happened down in AAA, how players handled it, the sense of frustration or being relaxed with the situation. We talked about, uh, what else did we talk about? Our goals going in were to kind of get the vibe of the team this season because there's a lot, of ma- a, a lot of guys that openly said they think they're major leaguers. Um, we talked about... We ended up talking to a lot of baseball guys and a lot of guys on that team and kind of got DJ's thoughts and got got some good stories leaked out too. And who he expects to come up in September and kind of contribute to the team, which was uh, why we wanted to do him first because as you're listening to this, September call this have probably been announced. So let's see how it goes. Yep. Thank you very much. Enjoy uh, our conversation with DJ Eberly. All right, we are joined now by DJ Eberly, writer for the Times, leader in Scranton, covering AAA, and also host of Riding the Rails podcast, which is also covering the AAA players. DJ, how you doing? Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we thought the perfect way to start uh, our September guest call-up was to uh, talk with you about the actual September call-ups. Yeah, there we go. That's perfect. It works perfectly. So I want to, we'll get to that eventually, but for those who are unfamiliar with you and um, everything you do with the podcast and the, and uh, the times leader, could you give us a brief when you started and, yeah. and all your background? Yeah. So I'm originally from upstate New York and I, uh, I, out of college, I, I was a sports writer, uh, a couple of newspapers up there. And then I started my second season covering the rail riders for the times leader. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's been quite the ride after last year. I'm going to the Governor's Cup Finals again uh, and then host the AAA National Championship game to this year with all the different guys that are making uh, all the impact of the Yankees. It's been quite the ride. Then, yeah, this year I started my podcast, Riding the Rails, which has been a lot of fun. I had a bunch of different guys come on the podcast this year uh, and just talk a lot about, you know, obviously with this going on with the season, but talking about off-field you know, off stuff, just about them as a person because I think Sometimes fans forget about that, and I, I think it's you know it's nice to show different sides of the players. Definitely, and I mean I just listened to the latest episode you had Justice Sheffield and um, yep. Rogers on, <clears throat> who are like best friends and roommates, and it's just yep. that's something. If you're interested in the farm system, which a lot of people are these days, that's uh, yep. and especially like a guy like Sheffield who's eventually going to be up. That's a great right. avenue to get to know him and who he is yep. and all that stuff. Uh, it's funny, I, like I said, I was telling them on the podcast, it might have been before I pressed record, but I was like, the week that Josh got traded, I was working on a story on their friendship that I never got to write, because uh, he got traded, obviously, and at that point it was a little more difficult, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, you, you know, I had Chance early on, and I think it was like his, he was like the second guy on the podcast, Justin's been on a couple times, he says he can freestyle rap, I put him on the spot twice, he hasn't done it for me, I don't, I'm a little disappointed in him. Different formats, a lot more relaxed, and you know the whole my whole idea with the podcast was off of 
obviously R2C2 with Ryan Ruko and CC Sabathia, you know, listen to that last year and then the offseason. I was like, oh, I think this would be, you know, great, great, something great for the minor league guys because there isn't one right now in the Yankee system. Was that Chance Adams can freestyle rap? No, yeah. no, Justice Sheffield, no, Chance. I, to my knowledge, I don't think Chance can freeze out. <laughs> I was I was gonna call BS on that. No way Chance could step up to the mic. Yeah, <laughs> but, no. And uh, DJ, and well, you you mentioned some upstate New York. I've got some ties up there. My sister's in Syracuse. It looks like you're a Buffalo guy. That we'll we'll get this out of the way. What'd you think of the Andy Dalton thing the other day? Well, uh, I'll say this: Buffalo. I am a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. And I'm from the, like the Saratoga Springs area where the race course is. But uh, all my parents went to UB, so that's my ties to the, you know the Bills. And look, I mean, if he doesn't get that fourth and twelve last year, I you know at the end of the game, a week seventeen, a game that didn't matter for them. Bills aren't making the playoffs, and it was great. I mean, Bills fans were doing the Bills Mafia, which sort of gets a bad name. There's a bunch of people who just recklessly jump through tables, which isn't all what it's all about. But, you know, they were donating to his foundation in $17 increments. And they had they raised, they raised a ton of money. So he, when he came to Buffalo for a preseason game yesterday, they had he donated $400,000 to uh, Roosevelt Parks, which is a, a children's hospital in the Buffalo area. And it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, I, was, I laid out the sports section yesterday, and the AP story that we, I put in the paper was actually, it was about, it was Bills fans give Andy Dalton a warm victory. Wild. I love it. I thought that was awesome. I mean, that is like the one some of the weird stuff that you love sports fans. Yeah. I don't even know. What it's all about. Yeah. So I want to talk about Triple A this year. This this is your second year down there covering the team, and I feel like this year has to be unlike any other year for anyone covering a triple A team. Yeah. With the amount of I, turnover mm-hmm. and it, I would say, yeah, it's it's crazy. And you know, I did before covered uh, the Tri-City Valley Capitals, the Houston Astros, uh, low-A team in the New York Family League, but, and even there, I mean, you look at, last year, it was all these guys who were on the rise, and, you know, it was the chance to have before he was called up, Tyler Wade was here most of the year before he got called up, Labor Torres hadn't been called up, Miguel Andahar hadn't been called up, Dustin Fowler, Billy McKinney, all those guys were all coming up. This time, yeah, there's just so much turnover, I mean, I don't know, I was watching the game yesterday against the Orioles, and... You know, I, I, it was, uh, you know, Matt Discursion is like, oh, yeah, Jace Peterson has been a bright spot for the Orioles this year. And I'm like, wait a second. This guy was in the Rail Riders. He's a starting center fielder opening night. Or he might have been in right field. But he was, he was in the Rail Riders starting lineup opening night. And you just look at the different guys that have made an impact on the team. Whether, you know, you saw a bunch of trades, losing Cody Carroll, Billy McKinney, Josh Rogers, Gio, uh, Giovanni Gallegos. Um, and, you know, we've seen guys like Bruce Caldwell coming up and down. Ryan McBroom, who I just submitted my uh, AAA All-Star ballot last week, I, he was on my ballot, and this guy played some, you know, in Double A. He was, he had one of the best, he had the second best week in the International League, like a couple months ago. Would have won an International League Battle of the Week, but Brandon Jury had an even better week, and he ended up getting sent down. And it's just crazy what has happened with this team. It's so much more unique than last year, and I think they're on route, I believe, to break the. Uh, transaction move record for in, in the international league. That's crazy. I didn't know they were uh, uh, ready to break that record. We've talked a little bit about, from the Yankees standpoint, if they're just doing too much. But I want to know, there's so many guys, and for uh, listeners who may forget, to name some that are down in AAA this year that definitely think 
they deserve to be up. You got Brandon Drury, Tyler Wade, Clint Frazier, Tommy Canely, Ronald Torres, a Tyler, Tyler Austin. Austin. Tyler Austin. So what what was the vibe in the clubhouse? Do these guys overcome that? Or was there, uh, I don't want to say saltiness, but was there a, a pissed off attitude in the in around the team for, while all these guys are down there? Yeah, you know, I will say there were definitely frustrations. Um, and a lot of these guys, a lot of them, you know, Brandon, Clint, Clint Frazier, Brandon Jury, even Tyler Wade, a lot of these guys, and Ronald Torres, they all had a very, very reasonable expectation to be up with the Yankees. And if it, they weren't playing for the Yankees, they would have been up there for almost any other team. And it, it was definitely, yeah, there was definitely frustration. I think it's the best way to describe it. And But, you know, you had guys that were pushing through, like Clint Frazier, let me tell you, there's a when he first came to the Yankees, there was a lot of negative things because I talked about him. Let me tell you, from when I first met him, even though he says his biggest growth was from 2016 after he was traded to 2017, but let me tell you, the guy, Clint Frazier, had a legitimate gripe about being in the majors this year for the Yankees. And didn't, and he just kept grinding. He took it, you know, he made the best out of, you know, being called, he called himself the 26th man of the year. And, you know, even with the concussions, he just, he made the best of it. And he still, performed, and the kid's got a bright future, and, you know, he could very well be with the Yankees. I mean, if he didn't have a concussion right now, he would have, he'd be up there if it wasn't for battling the most concussion, you know, migraines and all that jazz. Yeah, he'd be making a big impact, too, probably, with how much time yeah. Shane Robinson's getting. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And we've we've been pretty tough on Clint just because, I, I mean, me and Jimmy in our heads, we're, we're young guys, but we're starting to get older and see these younger athletes. I yeah. mean, Glaber being 21 blows my mind. But we were tough on Clint just because he has some millennial tweeting hot ha- hobbies and things like that. But, yeah, I've, your heart has to kind of go out to him this year because there's been yeah. – two stretches where he could have been like a huge part of this team and it's it's going by him so i i i can only imagine and honestly he's for what's been going on he's handled it great this year he has and you know i will say and the quote that sticks out me the most he just like one day i remember it was the last time we saw this he just randomly showed up in the rail riders clubhouse i remember tweeting it and saying you know could have here with the rail riders and they'll just walk through the rail riders' clubhouse. People are like, who, what? who cares? But the thing was, he was on the Yankees' disabled list at the time, and then just shows up. And me, my, uh, myself, Connor Foley of the Times Tribune's Grand, and Lindsey Adler were there. We had to talk to him, of the, Lindsey of the Athletic. And I remember the quote that sticks out the most. It's like, he's like, you know, people think that, like, I'm faking here. Why don't we come back? He's like, he's, I'm the, this is a head injury. This isn't a sprained ankle. I have to be safe. Because, you know, you look at what happens. These things can sprout up. He thought he was over his concussions, was feeling great. And then, you know, he just has some fogginess and dizziness after, you know, some side effects from that collision in the Baltimore game. And it just, it just came over. And I remember he mentioned how, you know, how tough it is because I'm going to be Yankees fans on Twitter, it's, it's tough sometimes. And these guys see it. It's hard not to. Clint, Clint loves Twitter. I know he's on it a lot. And he, I remember him just saying how tough it was because he thinks that, you know, there, there's this thought process. I was like, oh, Clint Frazier's just taking, like, the year off. No, that's not it. The guy wants to be helping out this team. Very well could be. You bring up Shane Robinson. I mean, look, I love Shane. He's a great guy in the clubhouse, but he's not Clint Frazier. And the impact that – you don't think the Yankees don't want Clint Frazier right now? Because he would be in this funny lineup every day with the way that this team has been constructed with the amount of injuries they've had to deal with. So, yeah, you definitely – you know, you feel for the guy. And hearing him talk about that, the struggles that he's had, 
with the season overall, it's not what he hoped for because he felt really good going into the spring. Got that injury early on, and it's just it's sort of it's just it's set him back the entire year. And I think at this point, it's it's hard to expect him to come back and be an impact. Yeah, and DJ, the other the other thing positionally that's been the hottest topic for the Yankees of late has been first base. You know, I've, we we just had the Luke Voigt show go off, and that's that, that's its own thing right now. Who knows where that's going to be in a in a couple weeks? But it's kind of funny. I I I love digging through the minor league guys. I I play this nerdy baseball game, out of the park baseball. So I I love learning about all the young guys. But it's kind of funny because first base has been somewhat of a weakness for the Yankees this year. But in AAA, I mean, you've seen a litany of guys, a mix of young and old. I mean, starting with, I mean, Adam Lind, I mean, Tyler Austin, Mike Ford was a Rule 5 draft pick for the Mariners, and then he came back to us. I mean, Drury, someone like McBroom is stepping out now. What's What's been the vibe kind of around first base down there? Because that's almost like a great <laughs> – like that's an amazing minor league group of first basemen, and now the fans are yelling and screaming for different things at the major league level. First, that, that first base logjam is what kept Ryan McBroom down in Double A for a significant middle part of the season. But I think it got to the point where they're like, you know what, we just need to bring this guy up and you know let him play in the outfield because they got sparing the outfield for the Riders. But yeah, I mean, aside from you yeah, had Luke Voigt who was with the Rail Riders the last couple of weeks, got called up. You have Mike Ford a lot, uh, and you have Ryan McBroom, and then, yeah, Adam Lynn to start out. Billy McKinney played some first base. Brandon Jury played first base. It's, it's crazy the depth there when, you know, because, yeah, you know, Greg Bird, he's not, he's not doing what the Yankees have certainly hoped, what he's hoped for, and honestly what his potential is. I still, still think that Greg Bird is a major league hitter and can be a good bat in this lineup. I you know, obviously he's struggling right now, but we've seen it for stretches. You know, we all remember the playoffs and them trying to make the playoffs last year. Last year, he was a catalyst for them. But yeah, looking at the first base, I mean, it's definitely been the most log jam position for the Rail Riders. But they've had, they've had, at one time, I think they, I think the most they had was four first basemen on their roster, which is crazy. So they've had to put guys in the outfield. They've had to put guys in the DH hole. The DH hole has almost always been a first baseman this year, just because it's been so deep. And I think a name, too, to think about, you know, this guy who hasn't, he hasn't made a major league roster yet, but he was a Rule 5 draft pick and was with the Mariners through all camp almost. Mike Ford, I think he could be a game to watch. The guy's been batting over 330 since July 19th. I just had a story about him um, in this past Sunday's paper. And, and the guy's finally got his timing back. He had an injury midway through the year that caused him to miss some time. He mentioned the cold weather that they had to play through, which was crazy. I mean, it was in the 40s through most of April, I feel like. And he's finally starting to get high. He's getting comfortable again at the plate. And you can really see it in his performance. So if, if that's one guy you think is going to come up for September or maybe we should be on the lookout for? I don't know if he comes up per se, but the, I think he's definitely in the conversation. Um, the thing is, he's not in the 40-man, so it depends on how they want to play, you know, with a lot of, the different moving parts. I mean, you're going to have to put Justice Sheffield on the 40-man at some point. And Brian Cashman mentioned Stephen Tarpley, uh, you know, a week last week. He's somebody you'd have to put on the 40-man at some point. But he's definitely – Mike Ford isn't a guy to forget. He's a guy – I think he's a guy to remember. I don't I don't know what he gets called up necessarily because you do have Luke Voigt, and I don't know if he offers much more than Luke Voigt. It is a little bit different type of a bat. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It, I'm very curious to see what Luke Voigt's role is 
as we move forward here. And especially, I think it'll be very telling to see what happens when D.D. Gregorius comes off the deal. Because then you have to wonder, you're going to keep the Walker on the team, obviously. Do you send down Luke Voigt, or is it somebody else? That, that'll be interesting to see what happens. I feel like they may wait until September uh, expansion just so they don't have to deal with that headache. Yeah, I could very well see. I mean, you have to think about it. I mean, we're, it's going to be tough. I mean, I don't think D.D. will probably – he probably won't be back until probably next week anyways at the earliest, in my opinion. I mean, Chris Sanchez will be back until next week. So that is one that's, you know, a good thing. You know, they'll probably – I don't think Kyle Higashioka comes back down the rest of the way. I think that they'll keep three catchers probably, especially with the way that things – I'm sure they're going to ease Gary back into it. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see. I'm very curious to see how they construct – the 40-man especially. Yeah, it's been a balancing act all season, and sometimes it's like I feel like they're doing a little too much, but it's very interesting. I've learned yeah. so much about the 40-man and roster constraints just from how the Yankees have handled everything this year. Yeah. No, I agree. I do. I, the, the sometimes I'm doing a little bit too much. I, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I mean, they bring guys up for a day. Like, Louis Sessa has gone up for a day, and he comes back down. Tommy Canley up for a day comes back down. And, you know, guys like Tommy Canley, Louis Sessa, I mean, they're roles the Yankees, especially Canley. He's not where he was last year, but I think he's starting to get back to it. Um, and, you know, it's interesting to see. And also, when they're making these moves, I mean, and also, you, you play with these guys' heads, too. I think that's something that, that people forget about. It's like, you know, being a baseball player on the fringe of the AAA and the majors, you have to be mentally tough, tough to go through that. Because there's times when you might not know what's going on, you don't know where you stand, and you just got to keep believing in yourself. Because other words, if, you if you're able to do that, you won't succeed. Yeah. I mean, th- the biggest sign that they were just toying with the guys up and down was when they DFA'd Jace Peterson to bring up Shane Robertson to face Chris Sale yep. just to DFA, yep. just to send Shane Robertson back down two days later. It's like, yep. what are we doing here? Right. Right. No, and that's happened a bunch. I mean, they did it to David Hale, too. Um, George Contos, they traded for, brought him up. Oh, yeah, Dave, David Hale just said, I'm out of here and went to Japan or Korea, right? And, and let me tell you, though, he's making, like, I was talking to some guys who've been in contact with him. I think he signed for, like, $500,000. But, you like, you get an incentive, like, if you win, I think I heard, like, he just walked back to his locker after he got a win, and there was just $10,000 sitting on his chair. That is a nice incentive. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think for $500,000 for half a season, and he's a guy who, like, he's a big, you know, world traveler. He's a scuba, he loves to scuba dive, so I know he travels a lot. So, I think that this, you know, it's a perfect fit for him, you know, to be, you know. And I'm sure, you know, living there where you're a rock star making a good amount of money is a little bit better than, you know, getting on a, a bus and taking a bus ride to Gwinnett or, you know, to Buffalo or these places that the rail ride has been doing lately. Yeah, so... Uh... You mentioned Stephen Tarpley. You said Cashman had mentioned him. I don't know anything about Stephen Tarpley. Can you let me know who who that is and what so, we can expect? Yeah, he's, a, he's a reliever. He was he came over from the Pirates organization. I, 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 I it might have been Ivan Nova trade. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. The big thing about him is you know he throws pretty hard, but he's a big ground ball guy, and the majority of his outs are ground ball. He's been very efficient. He did get roughed up a little bit in his last appearance to the Rail Riders. But, yeah, he's definitely, I would say, he's probably the Rail Riders, probably the best reliever right now. Um, and I think if they, but the thing is, the question is, if they're bringing up Chance Adams and Justin Sheffield as relievers, which is what all inflation seemed like, because that's what, you know, Chance, uh, Justice made his second appearance out of the bullpen. 
chance pitch out of the bullpen yesterday. You wonder if they would call three relievers. Um, he's able to disappoint at that point. Um, but he is, I mean, he's definitely something that Cashman mentioned. I know the Yankees love him. Um, and he's a guy I think that, if not this year, could be, uh, you know, uh, could be a, a pit for him at some point. Because, in all honesty, I think he's better than A.J. Cole. And it'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I think he could be, a not, like I said, could be an option. It just depends on how many bullpen arms they want to bring up because they'll definitely be bringing up Chance Adams and Justin Sheffield. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they bring up a lot just because of how injuries have gone and how, how much our starters can't go six or it seems like you need four relievers every night. So I wouldn't be shocked if yeah. they bring up a lot. We'll see what action they get. So what about yeah. what about position uh, players? Yeah. So the guys who are like I already mentioned Mike Ford. Uh, I think Luke Voigt is going to, especially with Rogers expand, he's going to carve himself out a role, whether it be, you know, whether he cuts into Greg Bird's time at first base or not. We'll have to find out. Um, as far as position players, are, I don't know. Could they bring up a Ryan McBroom? Maybe. Maybe they could. He's been really good this year. Um, and for a long stretch of the time. Could they bring up Mike Ford? Also possible. Uh, they they won't bring up. There's no catchers, really. I mean, you're looking at Francisco Diaz and Wilkin Castillo. Wilkin Castillo started out in Indy Ball. Francisco Diaz, I think, was in hot, uh, high A. Um then you go around the infield. Don Valino has been dealing with a shoulder injury. I think Tyler Lee goes up. I think that's a given. Um, he spent a lot of his time with up with the Yankees as well. He's, he's probably split 50-50 this year. Hasn't been as productive as last year, but I think getting back to what we saw last year. Um, and then you move, and then you know, that's, actually that's probably that's probably about it because you're looking at the other guys who they have on their roster right now, and it's like Ray Navarro. Another guy they called him from Indy Ball. Their outfielder, Mark Payton, he, you know, he had that knee injury in spring training. That sort of set him back. Um, I'm trying to think about who. Uh, Devin Belaski is not somebody who's going to be called. Any factor, he's in the outfield. Well, it's really about it. As first division players, guys that I do think is worth knowing going back to pitchers. Michael King been extremely impressive every time he's taken the mound. Hasn't had a hiccup yet, and I'm intrigued to see what happens when he first does have that hiccup and how he bounces back from it. Because he's been a guy that's been one of the most impressive pitchers to watch this year. The way he's able to locate, he only popped up about 93, but I mean, he locates, he can strike guys out, and he's been been very, very impressive. He's young. I don't know if the Yankees would call him up yet, but that will be very interesting to see what happens on that front. Cashman had a funny quote about Michael King. He said, you can't blame the Miami for – for trading him to us, this was not the guy they traded to us. His development has been off the charts since coming here. Well, he said, I mean, Michael King said himself that his goal was just playing double A. His goal wasn't to uh, make triple A all this year. That's what was his goal to start out there next year. And here he is performing. And he's honestly, even with Justice Sheffield and Chance Adams in the mix, he has been the Rail Riders' best starting pitcher in the last month and a half, just pure on performance base. It's been, he's been incredible. He's been lights out. That's good to hear. So uh, you were with the team last year. Are you surprised at all at what Andy Har is doing? Not at all. Not at all. I will say, though, that I am one of the people, and I was wrong, I was wrong, that was comfortable trading Miguel Andahar for a big-time arm. I would have done that if they had, you know, still have Brandon Jury, but now that they don't, I, I wouldn't consider that at all. Because I do think that Brandon Jury has some value. But I am not. I mean, this guy has an electric bat. 
he is he's more average than I thought he would. I thought he might be more around 270. But I mean, the guys the guys bang over 300 right now. I believe the, the doubles, the home runs, not surprising. I mean, he, he has a powerful bat. He's going to be productive for the Yankees for years to come. And I, I will say his fielding has been better than I thought it was going to be. I did think that that might hold him back, but you could tell he put in the work in the off season. He'll have a couple of plays where he'd like to get you know take back fielding wise, but he has been very very good and definitely done. He's done more in the end, even though Gleyber Torres has struggled in the second half. Or definitely done more than the Yankees expected or have asked from this year. Yeah, basically the quote you just said to me was. We, we did player reviews at the All-Star break, and I was like, yeah, Miguel Andujar's been good, but in the back of my head I'm thinking, well, could Brandon Drury bring 95% of what Andujar has? And I said, yes. And then the Twitter monsters kind of rolled with that after he's gone nuts. But, yeah, he's he's been wild. And I think the last player who we, we've touched upon a lot, and I, I just kind of want a little more for you before we get into Homegrown and, and your podcast and some of that stuff. Justice Sheffield, he's coming, they've been talking about it, we've been waiting for it. We've only seen him in small doses. We've seen him in the All-Star Weekend, the the Rising Star Games, and you see some highlights of him, kind of this confident uh, lefty peacocking around a li- the mound a little bit. What what can you tell us more about him that we, we should expect, or that maybe that we're not expecting that we should? Well, I will say that in just conversations with people, when asked about trades and stuff, I was saying, I, I, one thing I always thought is I thought Justin Sheffield wasn't untouchable. I wouldn't have traded him in a lot of things. It would have taken a lot. Because I do think this guy, he's got, he still has some growing on pitching side because the one the one thing I think he still needs to work on, obviously, you can see it, is the walks. They've been a problem. He has his games where he does really good with it, but then has games where he struggles. And then he's got to be more efficient with his pitches because He's only gone through, he only pitched seven points once this year. But there's no denying that this guy is a bona fide, he's going to be a bona fide star one day, I think. He's got a ton of ability. He, you know, his fastball is getting up there when it comes to miles per hour. I don't think he's maxed out on where he's wanted to yet. He touched around 95, 96, 94. I think he probably, he will like to pitch more when it comes to speed. Um, but I think this kid has a very bright future. I think at this point, what it is right now is I think he just, you hear these things, he's another guy that's on Twitter, and I think he just, he has said from the beginning his goal was to join the Yankees at some point this year, and I think the fact that it looks like he's taking a step to that now that things are more a little bit more defined, I think that you're going to start to see him really burst into a star. Similar when David... Price was first called up, and you know, as a reliever for the Rays, transitioned obviously into the starter that we all know, and I've seen him be so successful for and effective. This, you know, past I don't know what, almost a decade now. I feel like David Price has been in the big sport. I think that Justice Sheffield is going to be a very quality arm. I think that he could help out the rotation next year for the Yankees. You know, you're right. He does have that cocky, that swagger, and it's all very good. It's not he's not overconfident or cocky when he's you know, offensive to other players on the mound. This guy who just believes in himself and knows he's good and goes out and shoves more times than not. That's awesome. He's exciting. I mean, it's we had Sevy. People were excited for Chance last year, but everyone was always split on him. 
and now it looks like Sheffield's going to be he's going to be a spark. I'm hoping that he brings the energy when he uh, finally gets up and gets called. So I want I want to talk a little bit about the culture of AAA because now we have the homegrown reality show. You have a podcast, so these guys are getting offered all these avenues to show their personalities, which I think is great. For I mean, baseball is so long like made them hold back their personalities, and the Yankees and you are giving them a chance to kind of express themselves. One guy from watching the show, and I think I think I'm getting the right name here, uh, is J.P. Fireisen, who he seems like the kind of glue guy, class clown, fun guy in yeah. the in the clubhouse from the show. He, he is he is a great dude, one of the nicest people on this team. Doesn't take things too seriously. Um, he is on the quieter side, but he uh, he is somebody that you never see in a negative negative mood. Even when there were the rough ups and downs, he was somebody that we could always go to for interviews. Yeah, he's a very big part. He's a very big piece of that bullpen. Well, that clubhouse. Problem is, though, I, he, he got injured uh, within the last week. Not sure if he's going to come back the rest of the year just because we're running out of time. Um, but, yeah, he has been a very – he's an integral part of the clubhouse. Guys like him um, – and I, Tyler Austin was one that was really big as far as veteran leadership. Last year, you think about Eddie Rodriguez was a big guy. Kyle Gashioka was when he was here at the beginning. Um, um, and then you look at – uh, like guys like Billy McKinney were great for the clubhouse at the beginning of this, uh, you know, season. Josh Rogers was one of the funnest guy, probably one of the funnest guys in the clubhouse. I think he sort of saw that a little bit through homegrown. Um, I don't think they were disappointed to see him go because he was like he was a star in the making for homegrown. But uh, yeah, he, JP has been a great. I mean, he's actually he's had a really good season too. I think that. He could be next year. Could be the year for him. That'd be fun to watch out for. The other thing I wanted to talk about was your show. I love it yeah. because I, I mean, I'm, I just eat up everything Yankees. I wanted to say my favorite answer that you've gotten was Nick Swisher when you asked him what he would be doing if he wasn't playing he baseball, and he said he would be a school bus driver. <laughs> he played tunes. He played Mad and Jam Out. Let me tell you, that was probably the, that was probably the most fun podcast yet. Oh, my God. He loved it. He's great. He, Nick Swisher is everything you thought he would be and more. Yeah, I want to try and see if we can get him on here, but I don't know how to get in touch with him. But I'll figure it out someday because he is just a ball of energy. He's like, I, yeah. I mean, this. I, they said the story that Brian Hoke wrote is that he had went to Waffle House with all the guys when he was there in 2016. And I just yeah. can't imagine Swisher after drinking a cup of coffee. That seems insane. Oh, my God, yeah. He doesn't need any coffee. He's just he's bouncing around the clubhouse. I remember, you know, instructors, you know, we see him a lot, and uh, special advisors, I think is his title, and you see it a lot, whether it be Hideki Matsui and uh, some of the other guys that, that roll through, and like Reggie Jackson, and like you see Hideki Matsui comes in, like, you know, he'll stand behind the, the batting cage. No, Nick Fisher's got cleats on, he's got bangles in his back pocket, he's out there in the outfield, the guy just moves around, and he's going to be a manager one day. I, I think he's going to probably wait a few years so his kids get older, because his family's really important to him. And he loves what he's doing right now, you know, being a special advisor and working for Fox Sports. But I think I mean, you can see him coaching or managing in the near, in the within the next, I think, decade. I wouldn't be surprised. He's got the energy. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and DJ, I was kind of building off of that. And I, if not, it's not. But I was going to see if, because uh, I know a couple of the guys had made stops this year. Gary Sanchez, I think Tanaka had a start down there. Any good stories of any of the, the big league guys coming down in 
doing something fun for the team or taking them out to dinner or anything like that? Well, so they've said Aaron Hicks, I know, is, he's a clubhouse favorite. He's a big golfer. And I know there's a lot of team guys on the team that golfer. I remember when he came down last year, I remember they, they he basically, he makes his clubs with them, and they literally just golf in the clubhouse, like, together, just working on their swings. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, yeah. You'd be, you'd be surprised the things you see in the clubhouse when it comes down. Like, the amount of golf balls that get swung in around, and footballs that get thrown. They played wiffle ball in there one day. Um, yeah, it's pretty nuts. Gary Sanchez, he's on the quieter side, sort of sticks to himself. Um, at least from the part that's open to the media. I think Tanaka stuck to himself. For, I mean, he, granted, he came down for a day on his start. So, I mean, that's also, you know, a lot of starting pitchers. Most of them you don't talk to on the days they start. Um, trying to think. Tommy Cayley was a lightning bolt of energy when he came down. Even for his, you know, when he came down, and was put on the official roster. He was a, he was a lightning bolt in that clubhouse the entire time. Played music really loud. Uh, he was one of the guys that was bouncing around the clubhouse. You always need one of those guys, and he sort of filled that role because they didn't really have one of those from last year. Eddie Rodriguez was a was a big energy guy, so he filled that role for them. Raul Torres, from what I saw, sort of stuck to himself a little bit. Um, I think of other guys that have came down, even last year. And it was well, Gary Sanchez was back last year. Greg Bird's great in the clubhouse. Uh, he's somebody I, I Greg Bird's, Greg Bird's a great guy. If you're not rooting for him, just you know, because obviously the Yankees have put a lot of stock into him. He's a great human being. I remember just running phones down in spring training and, and just asking how he was doing. He, and just even though we only talked a handful of times from when he was here last year with them. Um, Yeah, that's pretty fun. It's like that seems like my high school coach would have killed me if I was doing golf swings in the middle of baseball season. I know well, the thing is funny is like, and they, and they have three TVs that hang from the ceiling in there too. <laughs> and one of them, I don't know when it was hit, but one of them was definitely hit at some point. I don't know by what or by who, but it definitely was hit because there was a black spot and it looked like the screen. Something like hit the screen. So it's funny. All right, well, thank you very much for joining us. This was a great conversation. Yeah, I played my pleasure, guys. And so uh, you'll be following them throughout the playoffs down in AAA. Are they? Are they doing? They're like in a, a race right now, they're, right? They're in a race. It's, it's like one spot for four teams, and they're split between a game and a half from each other. The Railriders are a game out with Norfolk, who is in and Columbus is in first, and then Toledo is a game and a half out. The only problem with the Railriders is they play two less games. They lost two games to your rainouts. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Big, I mean, they got a game with the guy Valley today to finish up. Then they host. Like Syracuse comes in and then Pawtucket comes in and then they go to Pawtucket for the last games of the season. Those are teams all losing records or towards the bottom half of the division there. So if there is an opportunity, it's there for the Rail Riders. It just depends on what's going to happen because right now I think the role of four starting pitchers. I mean, they had uh, Raynell Espinel pitch yesterday as a reliever because they've been moving chance and justice to the bullpen. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as far as columns, how much that affects things. And just what the Yankees want them to do because obviously, you know, well, winning games is great, but their first thing that they're there is to be that feeder system for the Yankees. So we're just going to see what happens the next week or so. Week or so. We have seven games in seven days. We'll see what happens. 
All right. Do you have any uh, future guests lined up for the podcast? I do not. I got. I'm trying to set that up today. Do I will? I don't know if you saw my tweet last night, my Luke Boyd Dinger tweet. I don't know if you, you caught that. It was a video of him that is a clip from a video project I've been working on. I'll just say, I'll leave it at this. Rail Riders regular home season finale is on Saturday. It's also the office night, and I have a video working to coincide with that. All right, cool. I'm looking forward to that. So I'll leave it at that. I'm going to have, hopefully, at least one more guest on the podcast if not two before the regular season ends. So we'll see. Yeah. And work my way through the clubhouse today when I walk in a little bit. So cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us again. My pleasure guys. Anytime. Enjoy the rest of your season. All right. Thank you guys very much for tuning in and listening. Go tell DJ thanks for stopping by and chatting with us. He was on his way down to see Gary uh, in a rehab game. So, Talk to us while a uh, nice car ride conversation. Gary probably hit, what, three home runs that game? Three to five. Yeah. Depends on how many at-bats he got. We're, we're, guess- we're guessing. We're in the future. But it was it was nice to hear um, his thoughts on Sheffield, since I think we will see a lot of Sheffield. And I hope that he is the David Price of 2008 with the race. That, that would be neat. All right, so that was our first episode of September Guest Call-Ups on Talking Yanks. We are still doing the series recaps after every series. There are going to be a lot more episodes in September, so I hope you enjoy them. I hope everyone uh, is ready to double down on Yankees baseball. We've got a lot of fun guests coming up, so keep tuning in. Rate, Yankees. listen, subscribe. Review. All of it. Check out the website. Go to TalkingYanks.com and buy a Jake Sucks shirt. All right. All right, see you guys. Go Yankees. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees.